Welcome to Discussing Documentaries. I'm Matt Wills and this is Rick Wharton. It is recording now. What, what a fantastic introduction there. Thank you very <laughs> much for joining us on this one. This is not Matt Wills' alternative personality on this week's episode. So this is the one I've been hinting at doing for a while. So this week, we've got a guest host, Tink Sterling. Tinks, welcome to Discussing Documentaries. How are you doing, Tinks? Uh, I'm good, thank you very much. Thanks for having us. I'm like, looking forward to it. This was this one was actually your choice. Why don't you tell us which one we're looking at this week? Uh, so it's called Monsters Inside, The 24 Faces of Billy Milligan. It's a four-parter, and I watched it when it first came out on Netflix, and I thought I recommended it to you because I thought I'd really love to listen to them talk about this, and I'd like to talk to them about it. Then I started watching it again for this show and I thought, why the fuck have I picked this? Because <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> and how am I going to make light of this awful situation? So I'm regretting that immediately. And I tried as I was going to sleep to listen to some of your other ones about sad things. That was the roller coaster that took me and Matt about three months to learn starting <laughs> this uh, podcast. I was like, no, we'll do Abducted in Plain Sight. It's really funny. He gives, he gives the abductor a handjob in the car and then, then we realise... <laughs> We had to talk about it to adults and be like, okay. Well, I told my uncle what I was doing and he was aghast because he thought that we were going to be taking the piss out of uh, David Attenborough. And <laughs> I said it was discussing documentaries, uh, but he couldn't remember David Attenborough's name for ages, but he was still disgusted. <laughs> so, you know, I would love it if uh, one of Billy Milligan's personalities was David Attenborough. <laughs> well, I mean, we've got another three episodes. It could be, yeah. I love that. We will get to that. So this one I was looking forward to for a while. When it came out, I thought it's going to be, you know, this is going to be the one of the most talked. This is going to be the next Tiger King. Uh-huh. Which, by the way, FYI, Tiger King on a second watch, not as fun as what we're no. discuss- discovering on, on, on the Patreon feed. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, there was nothing to do when it came out, was there? Yes, yeah, yeah. Tiger King was Stockholm Syndrome mixed with everyone's just got Netflix. This is weird. So I didn't realize what a driving force Matt was within the narrative of this, and I just wait to talk about Newcastle United. So I, I'm I'm going to help us drive this one along. So um, I think like so at the start of this, it's got a really good almost like two minute trailer to get you to watch it. It's got all the news bits cut in yeah. with the footage of uh, so Billy Milligan's obviously the guy who's got the twenty four personalities. And I don't know about you, but I love me myself and Irene. Yes, yes. I hadn't thought about that actually, but yes. Nah, it's one of my favourite comedies, so I was hoping for a few more bits like this, and there is some elements within this episode I thought were fucking hilarious, but again, pretty dark stuff you've chosen here, things. I know, bloody hell. But, I mean, there, there was, I mean, well, let's start by saying that the, it does draw you in well with all of that stuff, and you feel like a part of the time, don't you? Because it's like, it's in the 70s. Well, this is one of the things that got me, all right? So it, it says mid-70s, yeah. it's, it's got good music, but then, it, it literally, what's the three things it lists off? Let me. So it shows you Jimmy Carter being sworn in. The next thing is uh, about the Shanghai Mafia. Yeah. Star Wars coming out. <laughs> and then Billy Milligan, as if it was in that order of importance <laughs> in the 70s. Well, I mean, the, di- the way the go, I mean, a lot goes on, though, doesn't it? It is. And I'm looking forward to getting into this. So just, uh, sorry, I, I probably should have said this at the top. What we're going to do is. Uh, due to the scheduling that myself and Matt have got on 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 live shows, uh, we're going to record the entirety of this series. We're going to stick it all straight on the Patreon feed, and then when me and Matt fuck up for episodes that come out, that is when you're going to get this bonus episode. Just to timestamp that there. Grand. That was for the audience, not for you, Tinks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like the nose well. So the first person we'll meet is... Um, Jimmy Schmermack is what I wanted to call it. Do you get a better read on that name? Oh, yeah. Jimmy uh, Schumerack. Schumerack. I prefer Schmermack. <laughs> I prefer Schmermack. Now, you'll see this throughout the, the this uh, this episode, at least, because I haven't seen the others. Mm-hmm. So you'll see this. Every time they interview someone for a talking head, 
they're always super far away from them. And like the room Jamie's in is like the room you'd use in a sitcom for a nightmare sequence. Like yes. the wallpaper is like molding off. It looks like a health and safety just to be there for her. Now, I'm pleased that you mentioned this because I documented this a lot because I thought, I mean, who is it who does that? Is it a set dresser, a spooky set dresser? Because honestly, <laughs> I wrote down all the things, spooky bedroom, spooky hall, and then I just started doing bunny ears, spooky church, a school, a spooky bank vault, <laughs> a spooky prison. Also, I noticed, I, I obviously was starting to read too much in, that in most of the scenes, they were either really far away or there was loads of chairs. And I was like, oh, does it represent all the personalities? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like the people are really distant because nobody understands them. Or there's loads of chairs because of all the other people in the room. By the way, just just for the audience benefit, I've known Tiggs a long time, and she's the perfect person to talk about dissociative <laughs> short <laughs> attention span behaviour. <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, I was watching it, then I just started drawing bunny ears everywhere. <laughs> no, not bunny ears, man. You know when you like when you're doing a list and you put a one of them so that you don't have to write spooky again underneath. I can't believe we did uh, English language together. <laughs> and I got a, I got ears. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, I did. For English language, I actually did English language in sixth form. Uh-huh. Got a C at AS level. Mm-hmm. Went to Newcastle College, did it again and thought, well, I'll just get a better grade for my UCAS points and then got a D. But that's because we went to the pub all the time. But I think we did always go to English. Oh, me mum's kept like a stack of We Missed You cards from Newcastle College. Well, you never used to ring them. I always used to ring them and say, from the toilets of the pub and say... Oh, I'm very ill. And do a little pretend sick in the toilet and then go back to the pub. <laughs> well, green days on the dog and parrot jukebox. Yeah. <laughs> no, but the thing was, you still got your e- No, it's not called EDL. <laughs> uh, EMA, Education Maintenance Allowance, if you rang up ill. God, they were the days. The Labour has not been allowed in government ever since that fucking... <laughs> £30 a week. We could stretch that out. £100 bonuses if you turned up. Yeah, didn't get them. Now, what I did in sixth form is, and trust me, we will be cutting out a lot of this walk down <laughs> yeah. nostalgia lane. This is, there's people in Australia now, right now, fucking livid they're not getting their weekly Matt Wills. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm a poor substitute. So, they go into, basically, there's been a slew of assaults on campus. Yeah, and, I mean, it's awful, isn't it? So, I mean, they've got that Jamie Schumacher in, and she's a great person to do it because she was actually a student at the uni and on campus and um, but also worked as a social worker at the public defender's office so she's got a really good perspective on it so she felt the fear of the women on campus i think with that with with that job and that experience she's the only one willing to go and sit in that room they wanted them to for the interviews like she's got the nerves of steel from working in social work whereas everyone else is like look i've I'm triggered. I'm not going in this minging room to talk to you people. Uh, I suppose, in fairness, the man who was in the spooky bank vault, it was very shiny bank vault, and he looked very that, shiny. That, he wouldn't have that sat in that one, room. That one cracked me up. So, like, it, it kind of escalates. So you have a talking head, and there's one guy, which we'll, it, we'll try, I'll, I'll try and keep this on track. Uh, <laughs> narrative. Yeah, 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 this is... This is literally... Billy was easier in the interviews <laughs> than what this is what this is going to be overestimated how much I would write because each new person that came on screen I started a new page for and then I did just get bored and just wrote all the spooky places down so I've wasted a few places there. There is a lot if you want to write people's names down we had to realize very early on doing this that we'd never bothered writing women's names down so after like episode three we we have to make a point of yeah well I'm pleased We'd learned, but by then it's just like, it would be like, all right, so whoever Timothy Treadwell's missus was, whatever. Mm. But did you see Terry, the fucking guy who carried his bags at the airport? Well, it's another win for women. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) We're doing a lot for our quarters here, (laughs) Tings. Right, are you going to explain what happens? All right, so in the 70s, college campus in America, there's a string of assaults within the case of, like I think, there's a whole bunch within 12 weeks. Yeah. And they start sending out the composites. The composites do look like a cartoon spy. It's just got the big glasses and the collar up. I like the way that the 
compos comp composites. I'm pretty sure they were the same. Well, they were exactly the same one. And then when they like find the fella, they like blend them in, and they're like, "Oh my god, it's the same man!" It's like oh, you've just drawn a beard <laughs> on one and not the other one, and then blended them together. What he does is so on one of them he's got a full beard, and the next one he's he's trimmed it down to just a mustache, but yeah. he's kept the same massive sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Wait, it's a cost, isn't it? They're expensive, then. <laughs> what shaving? No glasses. He couldn't afford a load of pair of glasses, but right. he could have trimmed okay, his beard. Okay. Jesus. Sorry. I don't know why that annoyed <laughs> you so much. That's it. I'm gonna flip the laptop. Oh. So you, you go. No, I was just gonna say I've got I have got the fear after um, you showed us the differences between our sound waves of like how insanely high all of mine are. I've just got the fear because I keep going like. Blah! <laughs> oh no, you'll be absolutely fine. I turn it down on here. You see where it says? Do you see where it says mute underneath there? So yeah, there's uh, of all of all the people assaulted, they look they all say that he's very idiosyncratic. I think is the word they used, which yeah. is. An odd word to use about being mm-hmm. assaulted. I thought that was... I don't think that the women used that themselves. I think that was a a word used to sum up what the different descriptions people had given of his personality. Do you reckon? This is what we do when we don't have jokes. We take things seriously. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So so what happens is uh, the police are called in, obviously, and whoever the attacker is is pretty sloppy. So he's left items at the scenes of the crime, and they've also got a fingerprint. They put the fingerprint in. They find Billy Milligan. Uh, they go to his house. They bum rush him, the police. I like the fact they got an act out for that. Yes. So when they bum rush him, bum rush. He. So do you not know what a bum rush is? It's when um, like a a group of people will just like all run at someone. Like bum, like bot. No, no. I I think it's more kind of if a group of homeless people chased you and you couldn't do anything about it. <laughs> no, it's not. It is bum rush. So, uh, on the nine eleven flights. On the one where they took the plane down themselves, the story is, or, or the idea is, they bum rushed the terrorists. So if you get a what, knife, all the homeless in, people on the on the plane. The phrase comes. <laughs> I'm googling bum rush now. I'm, I'm, I'm not putting up with this, Mrs. A in English language, right? <laughs> doesn't, doesn't even know what bum rush is. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're pronouncing it wrong. Okay, uh, so bum rushes to suddenly force or barge one's way into. Aye, but not like you're being chased by homeless people. Okay, I'm going to ask, where does it come from? <laughs> well, surely it's not that. If it is, I don't think that's right, me. Well, what's the point in even finding this out if you're just going to throw your hands up like and say it's fake news? As in, I don't think it's like a nice thing, is it? If it's based on that, find out what it is. It it wouldn't tell me. It just told me the same um, definition again. But the phrase was used correctly. Okay. So they yeah yeah they 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 charge or press gang the way into Billy Milligan's house, and um, he yells out, "Watch out for the bomb!" Yeah, but you know, with a press gang, is that when a load of reporters chase after you? No, no, no. That's when a, a load of homeless people chase a report. Ah, oh, right. I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> it's all starting to come together for us. <clears throat> as you were. So uh, he yells out, um, beware of the bomb. And as the as they're busy handcuffing him, they're like, this guy's got a lot of nice artwork. Oh, yeah. And he was, the guy's like, like, really beautiful, really beautiful. And obviously I thought as he robbed it. Yeah, he goes, the first thought is, did he do these? These are amazing. Yeah. <laughs> just like, this is like a serial attacker on campus. Like, he's terrorized the neighborhood. You go, oh, do you know what? Like, he's he's Bob Ross-esque. This guy, he's, he's got something. I was really interested in that because I thought, isn't isn't that a funny thing? Because he reckoned he noticed it straight away. And I wondered, maybe he'd been at that uni and had a little art degree or something. He was using police. Maybe he'd got him back in the wash. 
That's that could be a that could be a success story from this. Let's focus on that. All right. So after they've arrested Billy, the next person we meet is the brother, which is Jim Morrison. Oh, hasn't he got a kind face? <laughs> hasn't he though? <laughs> This is the kind of insight I was legitimately hoping for. Well, I thought I'd like him to be my brother, I think. I mean, not in their circumstances, don't get us wrong, but he seems a lovely kind fella. Did you notice in the diner that he was sat in loads of chairs? I did, I did, because it goes from spooky house, bank vault guy, journalist who's in the corridor at a prison. Oh, Oh, the one that looks like Jeff Goldblum. He looked like Jeff Goldblum. I called him Jeff Goldblum Corridor Man. <laughs> I felt like he was an afterthought. Yeah, like, like this is the one where I do, from the amount they have in certain parts, the minute they show me Jimmy Carter being sworn in and tell me that Star Wars came out that year, I wonder if they're trying to stretch out little parts to make it. I mean, how many parts are in this? Is it four or five? Four, uh-huh. Which I did start watching, but then I started to get voice notes from you about working in a pen store, which, <laughs> and then we decided just to record this one together. <laughs> <laughs> well, the that's I thought exactly the same about it being stretched out, especially um, when because they were when they find in Billy, there's a man saying, uh, and because of the technology technology at the time, we were able to find him because uh, he had been fingerprinted at a previous crime. Because we had the fingerprints, it meant that those fingerprints meant that we could look at his old fingerprints and the fingerprints meant that we were able to arrest him. I was like, I know what fingerprinting is. Like, calm down. <laughs> like, it's not a bum rush. You don't need to explain this one to us. And But yeah, so I did think, especially bits like that, the dragging it out. But I've got to say get through the first one and the rest you're like what yeah there is elements in it where believe me i am more than happy with watching this yeah well when we were watching it last night um stuart was like me husband was like oh right next one i was like we can't because i'll just end up talking about that like that one on this podcast so but he's chomping at the bit for the next one sorry i shouted there that must be awful, getting that call, if you're Jim. It's amazing he's still got such a kind face. I think it's just comparatively, do you know what I mean? Like, once you've... Well, we're going to get into it, because it, it leaves it up in the air with whether or not... Yeah, whether he's kind of done it or not. Because it's a little bit heartbreaking. So you see Jim, and then you have um, Billy's friends from school. Yeah. And and there, it's so weird because they're in a classroom. And first you think it's a classroom for giants, but it's not. They're just on kids' seats. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. Because she's behind. They're, they're sat in front of the teacher's desk. Yes. And you're like, what? what? And you just take some moment for your eyes to. And they're going, this is. Uh, they're, they're, they're saying there must be something wrong. Like, and when you've watched West of Memphis or Making a Murder, yeah. you think, all right, mm-hmm. this this has got some legs. What's going on here? And the one, the one friend said, as soon as I heard, I knew that that wasn't Billy. Billy couldn't do that. And like, yeah, there's so much compassion, isn't there? And it didn't seem like people just saying, yeah, there was, there was real gravitas, I think, to using the friends. And I think especially because they were female. Yeah, yeah, I, I, that, that is, that does have significance, to be fair. Um, and his sister as well came on at that time. She's in Spooky Church. Kathy, I felt so. It is Kathy, isn't it, the sister? Mm-hmm. Because she talks about the arraignment was soon after they uh, arrested him, and that's another kind of trope of someone being bum rushed into a quick convic- conviction. Yeah, she basically, she says he didn't have a clue what was going on mm-hmm. at the arraignment, but that's also cut with like t like future pe- uh, people going like. He deserves an Oscar. Yeah. And then it's got, it's, it's, in the footage it's got of the sit down with Billy, which we're getting to, which I think is probably like the best part, particularly of this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially because it's like, yeah, it's footage from like news shows of, of psychologists, psychiatrists saying that it's a load of bollocks. Yeah, he deserves an Oscar, and you are very much left like, what? And he a bit it surprised me because he he got signed two public defenders and from the looks of it two pretty shit hot ones as well which is never usually the case yeah really good ones and then that um 
Jamie Schumacher and Lala, um, she worked for them. She was a social, oh, did she? Yeah, so she was a social worker at the public defender's office. So she worked quite closely with them too. It always, I don't know, I don't know how to feel about it. Obviously, it's due process and things like that. But when you go, yeah, he's a really nice guy, great lawyer. He went into the jail and said, "Keep your fucking mouth shut." <laughs> don't say <laughs> I know, anything. Yeah. <laughs> and but like she, she was saying that. Um, what the taught, like that Jamie lady was saying, what they taught her was that there's always greyness, it's not black and white, which is so true. Yeah. That's so something that you learn as you get older. Like everything was black and white in my mind. There was like good and bad and that was it. I mean, obviously, I'm fingers crossed that's not the case because I'm buggered if so. But the fact that like that she like learned that with them and what they were saying was somebody might have committed the same crime as someone else, but the difference in their upbringing and their background can seriously affect the reasons why. So that that was interesting. Yeah, they, they talk about the lawyer's mentality to it. And what they said about the guy is like, he could find just a, a little corner of the story and completely flip it. And then did you see the casual sexism from the prosecutor? I yeah. think it was the prosecutor. Where it's just like when he talks about uh, Judy Stevenson, the female lawyer, mm -hmm. he went, Judy was brilliant and a pretty woman in front of a jury is really helpful as well. <laughs> He's just like... She was real sweet. And he was, they were saying like she could go, she would go and have a little conversation. I felt like they were trying to say that she used to like suck the judges off or something. <laughs> because it was like she used to go and have a conversation with the judge and then they would go in their favour. It's like, well, maybe she just had a good point of make. Or maybe she was giving them a blowy. I don't know. It's just, I don't know how, like, old... Obviously, 70s is way beyond this, but, like, he's going to go, yeah, the yams on this <laughs> on this dam around the office should get anyone off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then they get a phone call from the jail. Uh, Billy's pulled the urinal off the wall and tried to cut his wrists with the porcelain. Yes. And then um, you go back, and then you're hearing this kind of stuff, and then it's cutting back to Kathy, who's becoming more and more distressed. Kathy, his sister, mm. is telling you about what's went on. And um, he's saying, I don't know why any of them are saying this about me. That's, that is, like, really distressing, isn't it? You can, like, see, like, in her eye, she's, like, proper, like, going back to it all. And, and like, that's the yeah. thing, because, like, when you when I'm watching things like this, I'm, like, I've always got, like, the like vic like the victims in, in my mind. Mm -hmm. Which, again, due to the, um, I don't want to say, is it fantastical, like, Due to the elaborateness of how this story becomes, the victims become very second nature very quickly. Do you know what I mean? And I did, like, that was my thought all the way through. And it's kind of like, I mean, it always is because we're, we care. I don't know, it just, it's like human nature, isn't it? To, like, want to hear the grisly bits, but not have to think about the reality for the, for the like, actual victims. But I think, I suppose it does save some elements of it that they weren't dragging people back in like I kind of appreciated that, but maybe they don't. I don't know. Oh, you mean not getting the victims in for the talking heads? Yeah, but they might try. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I, I, I can completely understand a if they didn't, or b if they didn't want to. Yeah, but then the thought of it as well, of like people just bringing things out, whether you and they don't have to ask you, does it not? No, and it's someone who lives three streets away from you saying how they felt about it. Like, mm -hmm. Imagine if that's someone you had an argument about your fucking bins with, and you're like, oh, I remember that time. That wasn't a nice time at all. And you're like, why is, why is fucking Tracy talking about my shit? I've yeah, spoken to her twice. totally. Oh, well, that's too sad. Let's talk about the fun bits. <laughs> okay, so he starts drawing in jail. And... <laughs> So after he's trying to slash his wrists, they've given him a pencil because, you know, <laughs> jail in the 70s. And they start to go, wait, all of his drawings are of different levels of skill. And it, it, like, this is when they're starting to piece together. He might have D, is it, it's DID, dissociative. Identity disorder. Identity disorder, yeah. So back then it was called multiple personalities. Yeah. And then it changed because I don't think. Would you think that wouldn't be like the politically correct thing anymore? Multiple personalities. Probably not. No, because you dis. You know, I guess that's probably why. 
because like I suppose a multi, you've still only got one you're still one person aren't you but you're disassociating between different persona I don't, I don't know I don't know who the fuck I think I am <laughs> got me big glasses on being a scientist one of the bands today at work said to us are you jinxed do you wear them for fashion or for seeing <laughs> and I said and bear in mind we've looked after that for about four years or something um, and I said oh like for seeing she's like hmm well they look good on your kid <laughs> like yes thank you I'll take that Anyway, sorry. Uh, I just, I know where you live, so when I picture that story, I just imagine the child is smoking. <laughs> no, our children are very fancy. It's really changed around these parts. Also, our kids go to school in Northumberland. All right, okay, fair play. They don't go here. Also, a mining town slaggy match isn't going to play well over the big <laughs> the podcast market between us, between Concert and Chesley Street really is Billy's Arthur personality having a go at Christian. <laughs> <laughs> and can I just, sorry, take her back to the drawings a little bit more. So you'd said that the talk about how the drawings are of different skill level. And obviously, we already know he's a really good artist. Good I was going to bring this back, yeah. Yeah. Good artists can do shit drawings. Speak from experience. Perfect. It's just the fact that they're like, oh, there's definitely something up here because he's right. He's got <laughs> he's drawing dolls with gravestones next to it. Say, R.I.P. Billy. <laughs> Fucking hell. The burn's not well. As this builds and there's more along in the narrative before this happens, but when they're starting to really consider the DID multiple personalities defense. Uh-huh. They're like, and then when you looked at his drawings and one of them's like of a cathedral shaded in beautifully on like pastoral fucking colours and the other one's like a kid who's drawn a teepee with a sunshine and a yeah. stick man dog outside. And you're like, how could anyone do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And when he was bad at drawing, his other personality would use his left hand. <laughs> <laughs> So they send them for psychiatric evaluation. Mm-hmm. Now, this this triggered me slightly, and it's nowhere near on the same level, but I will never forget being sent to be tested for dyslexia. Okay, tell us more. Right, because my mother had found out that if you test for dyslexia, you get a free laptop. And it was this like, well, there's got to be a reason he is the way he is, and we're going to find a diagnosis. <laughs> <laughs> and we went through, I think it was in Jesmond. And, uh, oh, I fancy. Thought it was very fancy. And there was a guy who, a kid who pushed past us to hit the button for the dyslexia test. Like, so imagine the intercom, do you know, like when you got like a dentist on one floor, you got uh, accountants on the other floor, uh-huh. like in a... It wasn't an office block. It was like flats done into office blocks. Right. If that makes sense. So this kid like pushed past me and my mother, and I'm already panicking. My mother's going to chew his head off because she doesn't like that. And um, he presses the button. He goes, hello, I'm here for the dyslexia test. I went, oh, sorry, this is the accountant. He went, thank you. He went, Bzz. hello, I'm here for the dyslexia test. He went, no, you've hit the accountant again. There, you <laughs> When you said that he ran past you to press the button, I thought it was some kind of like game to see who was quickest and didn't fall over, but that's dyspraxia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We all we all went for the wrong test basically. <laughs> I think they I think they used to test for both because I remember putting having to turn cubes around and then getting bored of it mm-hmm. to make a pattern. So you got a bunch of little cubes and you had to make it until it was the triangle. And I was like, no. Oh. You see, I'd still and be then- there now. Yeah, yeah, I would have been. But the, I think that was the test that the basically took us out and went, uh, I'm sorry, Mrs. Wharton, he's uh, just really lazy. <laughs> <laughs> I, just still be, I bet she's tested you for more things since and all. Did you ever get a free laptop? Uh, I did not. Oh, pet. She did. Like I remember going, Richard, you, Richard, you need to get tested because then they'll give you the. Um, I know she's trying to help us. All right, it was just a pain as a teenager. Yeah. So I, I, whenever I talk about my parents now since moving home, I sound like Kevin the teenager. Mm-hmm. 
But I, I, I'll never forget at the time she was like, you need to get tested because then in your exams, you, you'll get more time for your exams. I'm like, I never need more time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done writing by the time the clock strikes. I'm, never, I'm not one of those ones. <laughs> they also get me to do a Rorschach test, which that, I think those are open to interpretation. Do you know what I mean by a Rorschach test? I believe they're also known as an ink blot test. Oh right, okay. Where's yeah. the pattern? And like, and and we did a Rorschach test, and his answers were very erratic. <laughs> it's just like it's a butterfly, it's a house. <laughs> <laughs> well, that wasn't the one where they were saying like he had the i like the IQ and responses of a child, and then of like near genius level, was it? From that, yeah, those those were all around those areas. So they did all the tests they could, like in a row, basically. But they didn't do. They didn't decide he was near genius level off looking at some pictures, did he? Did that? Because <laughs> of all the times I've seen a Rorschach test on TV, if they just turned around, and went, it, it is a chrysanthemum. <laughs> That's <laughs> absolutely right. It's like Forrest Gump. <laughs> Goddamn Gump! <laughs> he must have an IQ of one hundred and sixty. Some of his results were of borderline um, mentally disabled, and the other were of uh, an absolute genius. And they're saying like, and also some of his tests, some of his brain tests are coming back of someone much younger. Yeah. And you still think, but that's still a sixteen-year-old causing these very serious crimes. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing because you're kind of thinking, what what's the answer? Regardless of. I mean, obviously, it's very interesting. But it, it's like, what's the answer, though? Because it's still happening, isn't it? I think the thing that hooks me, and I'm, I can't speak for everyone, is you want to see if you can tell if someone's lying. Yeah. I think that's that's a big human, and that's the big fucking bait within this documentary because, again, they're spliced in, and you see footage of Billy, and I'm like, okay, now they're talking about seeing different personalities from him. Uh-huh. And they say that he's allowed to go and like sit down with the prosecution so they can see that he's tapped. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I wonder if he did different accents. And then <gasps> you see him talking and this is when it gets good. Yes, that's the absolute... I was going to say money shot, but I don't think that's appropriate. No, no, I don't think it is. Do you, would you like to... <laughs> Would you like, I tell you what, would you like to speak again for a different adjective that doesn't sound like... <laughs> I don't even know what a different term is than that. And you got an A in English language? <laughs> it's been a while since I've been allowed to talk out loud. No, that's not true. <laughs> since you're invited to talk. <laughs> yeah, invited to talk. That's the difference. Um, but also, sorry, I'm I'm going back a little bit, but when they start talking about the multiple personality and stuff, you can, we haven't talked about Sheila, the psychologist. She's okay. in, she's in a school corridor. Not yes, she is. Now she feels so believable. I'm drawn in by her immediately. Like it's the short hair. Oh, and it's a picture of her when she was younger as well. She looks like she could change the world, and I like to think she did in her own way. But her explanation. <laughs> of multiple personalities is like really accessible and i think that it opens up like the whole thing because she says that it's sort of the that we all have different elements to our personality that we're aware of and some of them kind of talk louder than others and then it's when like these mutate and become like full sort of personalities within themselves then they have this amazing artwork to represent it of like the like different characters coming out of heads and stuff and i love that artwork and and i think that's meant to be billy's drawings if i'm not mistaken oh well i hope there was somebody else so i can buy them but i don't want to fund the fella no no because one of them looks like um i don't know if you ever seen ricky from trailer park boys yeah he's got he's got reagan i think he's called because he's named all of his personalities and he's got the big black mustache that droops down he's got the black hair Whenever they're describing DID in Billy, yeah, part of me does think, is he just a bit of a drinker? Because everything uh, they, oh, uh, 
we asked him, have you ever had time pass and you not know how you've ended up in bed? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> when he goes to meet the prosecution, like, well, he seems normal. Listen, mate, give him this bottle of vodka and see what happens. See what happens. Well, I know, well, she's so um, leading, isn't she? That woman, when she gets involved, because that's the Dr. Wilbur woman. Or do you not want to talk about her yet? I think it's coming up. I, I think that's fine to bring up because there's also Dr. Harding who runs the Harding Institute. He runs the nice hospital for uh, mental illness, yes. which is in the 70s means they just don't attach electrodes to the testicles. Yeah. Whereas in Lima, where the criminally insane get put, they argued he had to go to the nice one. So Dr. Harding is the one that's um, doing all the tests. Mm-hmm. But also, around that time came out a book called Sybil and a movie called Sybil, mm-hmm. which was the first time it was ever depicted someone having multiple personalities and it was quite a success of the time from the sounds of it. Yeah. And that book was written by um, a psychologist, sorry, psychiatrist, uh, based on a patient that she'd worked with, but it was overwritten by a journalist. So it was the three of them together. But obviously, take from that what you will. But was it just one person? <laughs> Aye, to be fair, you don't see the other two, like you just see Dr. Wilbur. She just puts on a different voice. Uh, so She's a right twat, I think. She, she does. Do you know what she reminded me of? Did you watch... We did an episode recently on uh, My Amityville Horror. Oh, yes. I stopped listening to that because I wanted to watch it. Right. All right. So basically, the people within the Amityville house refused to sell their story other than to people that were in the paranormal world trying to prove paranormal activity exists. So they wouldn't talk to any news reporters, but then they go and get like the leading paranormal expert to go and stand in the living room and go oh yes it's very evil in here so they can write a book about it <laughs> whereas you go and get the lady who's the leading book writer on multiple personalities uh-huh. and you see him you see her sit down with billy and i mean it's majestic the way she cracks him it's majestic she says who am i talking to he looks at her and goes it's chris <laughs> she's just like i knew right then and there classic did <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing when she's been interviewed she's like and so i asked him like you said has time ever elapsed and you've not known how you've got somewhere has has the clock turned around without you knowing have you woken up in bed and not known how you've got there and then the journalist said and what did he answer to those questions I said yes like wait i'm not being funny but you're leading them here honey <laughs> you kind of tell me they're not leading questions it's like he's gone in for an i'm not i'm not saying Who's right, who's wrong? But I think that they're very leading. And I think I know what I'd answer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This Because there's a lot riding on this. This, to me, seems like a reverse Brendan Dassey. And the thing is, is that the this whole, like, multiple personality thing was totally, like, new. Although it seems yeah. to be obviously being reported, like, in different ways for hundreds and hundreds of years, but but to be kind of respected as a real thing within that world was very new. So then they they feel like by getting this woman in, who's the expert, who's written a book with a journalist, with an unnamed woman, well, the name of Sybil, obviously. <laughs> but, <laughs> but You can't put all 26 on the front page. It's just it's too busy. Um, yeah, I just thought, well, I'm not sure what this lady's in for. Is it to help or is it for a book? Yeah, and I, do you know what? I got that feeling about Dr. Harding. You know, I've blanked him out, but he's quite keen. <laughs> yeah, he's he's super keen. He's just like, oh, no, 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 we'll talk to Billy. And then oh, you yeah. start to see, you start to see more of this interview with Billy. And my hopes were confirmed that he does put on silly voices. Mm-hmm. So... I think I want to say it's Arthur who's the British one. I'm going to look uh, yes, that up. Yes, Arthur. Yeah, the British one. Yeah. But and Arthur is basically a Doctor Evil impression because he straightens his back up and he's got his fingers tapping. <laughs> yeah. Like like in almost in a prayer position, going 
Yes, well, with Billy, it was, and he sounds like the um, the butler of Fresh Prince. Oh, yeah. He's like, welcome, welcome, sit down. Would you like a cup of tea? No, Billy, you're being evaluated. We've told you this. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to talk about the Queen? I've Googled her. Well, he hasn't Googled her, but he's, he's read a book. And then Reagan, and they were like, yeah, if you think about the word Reagan, it's like rage again, isn't it? Like, I've I've worked on things uh, in, in terms of for scripts and things when you've just over overthought something and you've you've added details you didn't need. Yeah. And you know he's writing fucking you know palindromes down on his fucking prison cell wall, going, no, no, he can be called Bridge, and then ah. <laughs> and yeah, he's the Yugoslavian one, isn't he? Yeah, he puts on the Yugoslavian voice as well. That's I'm not even going to attempt that, but that's it's worth seeing just to see the Yugoslavian voice. Definitely. And who was in charge most of the time then? Was it Arthur? We'll, we'll go with Arthur, but we'll find out within the next four episodes. I'm quietly confident at this point I know who's in charge because of his... <laughs> sorry, it's yeah, it's the it's the classic James Bond he does an impression of. And, and the, the w- one of the questions I wanted to ask is like, I hope they fucking ask one of his friends as a kid. Oh, by the way, could Billy D impressions of British people <laughs> growing up? Because <laughs> to me, that's a very important bit of information. I think the jury should know. Does he do a spot on fucking Austin Powers by any chance? <laughs> and you get that information, don't you? It, it, in such a weird way because then it cuts to the lady said um, and yeah I remember we're driving with him and he went oh I've got to get some petrol and I thought huh, Billy's being funny but no that must have been his other personality <laughs> yeah and then like it cuts to his mum in this bit as well when you're finding the first couple of personalities and like that's quite haunting footage I think yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this is, I think, news footage from the seventies. Obviously, his mother's not around anymore, and she's she's telling little instances of she collected him from school. He went home, went to bed, then woke up and didn't know how he got there. Yeah, but did you catch what Billy's version of that was when he told that story? Go on. So then it cuts to Billy then reciting that story, but Billy's also added he woke up on the roof. Oh, I just took that as two different stories. I know, but if you had those two stories, which one would you tell people if you're in the news? Well, like I don't know. Maybe they didn't want, she didn't want to come across as irresponsible for letting him on the roof. <laughs> <laughs> Proud man. Do you know what I mean? And I, I can see over these next four episodes, you're going to be a Billy Milligan truther, aren't you, Tinks? <laughs> what does that mean? Well, a bit like a 9-11 trooper. What does that mean? All right, we'll, 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 we'll cut that bit out, but basically. <laughs> um, so The idea of calling someone a trooper, right, and I think it's because I've had my head dunked in conspiracy movies too long. Yeah. Like, it, it, the troopers are the people that... that Modern day, they'd be like an anti-vaxxer zealot yeah. for their opinion of something, whereas the people who believe 9-11 was an inside job call themselves 9-11 truthers, so attaching it to that. I'm with you. I, did, I got it really. I was playing dumb, um, but very clever, really. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, his mum talking about, like, starts talking about him talking in another language. She doesn't say another accent, does she? She says another language. And immediately then I'm like, we'll get somebody in then to talk Yugoslavian to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because my whole thing was, and it's based purely on the style of British accent he did. If he turned out and just started busting out a perfect Scouse accent in the 70s in Ohio, I'd be like, all right, there's someone else fucking in there. Yeah. But then they're saying, like, oh, growing up, I can't think where he possibly would have heard. I mean, he watched The Man from Uncle, and then they showed you The Man from Uncle, and it is, like, a spot-on impression. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm really good at accents. So I'll be able to get out of it. What's in your repertoire there, things? I'm not doing any of them. I'm not a performing monkey. No. Very good at Scottish. (laughs) Mainly Uh, Scottish. 
Stuart doesn't like going to Scotland too much with us anymore because I lapse into it once I've had a pint. <laughs> and nowhere else do I do it. I lived in Bristol for nearly 12 years and kept my accent. But go to Scotland, I'm there for 12 seconds. One sip of tenants. <laughs> And it was interesting the way they kind of got all the personalities together because mm-hmm. I'm seeing it as he has to go and meet these people, but he meets them for a certain amount of time. So if you imagine um, you've got your filler, so you've got your you've got your English accent, you rely on that, you've been practicing that since a kid, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, and sorry, that one thing that got me massively was how he switches from personality to personality. Yes! Oh, when he he like rolls his eyes back in his head like the Undertaker, and then goes, "Oh, where am I?" Yeah, <laughs> just rubs his eyes a bit. Has anyone seen my pocket square? I'm terribly sorry. I don't know how I got here. Um... <laughs> These my my manners. So yeah, so he does the switch around with the eyes rolling in the back of the head. Mm-hmm. But then, no matter what he does, he's got a personality to pin it on. So you got he's got Regan. He does the aggressive shit, right? Yeah. He clearly tried to break out of the hospital, and he yeah. went, "No, no, that was Tommy, the escape artist." Yeah, that's just his personality. I wasn't trying to run away. I just, I was just seeing if I just seeing if I could. That's yeah. all I was doing. <laughs> And and um yeah, that Dr. Wilbur's really leading with that, isn't it? She's like, and you're the Houdini of the group, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She can smell another book, all right? I she's know. not getting a sequel to fucking Sybil. Apparently she fixed her. She's got all those personalities into one. She's not making that mistake again. Yeah, well, I've read a bit more about the book, but I won't. I feel like I should, re- I should talk about that on a different podcast because I don't want to give too much away. Oh, you mean throughout this this series? Well, you don't learn it in this series, but I've just read about a bit about the book. Right. And it being... Yeah, there's lots of controversy, let's say. Hmm. All right, I look forward to hearing that then. Okay, so the Doctor says that it's, it's not common for a core personality to be held down for five years, but then again, it is also quite common... He hasn't got a fucking clue. They didn't even bother putting him in a spooky anything, I don't think. I know. It's it's when you can see him. He's like almost like looking at the ceiling when he's talking that talk, going, uh, yes, I can see that happening. You ever been in a conversation with someone where like, at the end of everything uh, you tell them, they'll just, as a stock answer, say something like, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh my oh. God. That irritates me so much. Oh, I can't tell you how much it does me not in because like this is basically that's basically my, my every conversation I have with my dad at the moment. He goes, Hey dad, this is happening. He goes, I wouldn't be surprised. And then if he says something to me, he go I, I go, I don't think that's the case, Dad. They're, they're not taking it, they're not cancelling Christmas. He went, huh? You'd be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> oh now this is where I can't go into my real self. Yes, you can. This is why we've got you on here. <laughs> Bring that core personality to the surface there, things. I just think it's so non-committal as an answer in a conversation. It's what it's one <laughs> of me bugbears, honestly, that kind of thing. Yep. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. It's like, what do, what do you mean? Respond? Like, it just winds <laughs> us up. Respond with a worthwhile answer or just say, I don't know, I'll be honest. Be honest. What do you mean? Oh, I'm irritated now. I'm pleased we've had a chat about it because I've been wanting to talk to somebody about it for a while. (laughs) I'm not surprised. (laughs) You know, I'm getting warmer by the second. The heating's gone off. But can I just quickly tell you about my air dryer? Air dryer? So... Right. Yes, tell me about this air dryer. So we haven't got the room the money, or the want, really, for a tumble dryer. They're expensive, they're bad for the environment, and we've got quite a little house. So I spend my evenings now looking for things that will improve my life, but for the cheapest amount possible. And then I start. I got into a world of research into these air dryers, right? So they're like heated, some of them are like heated clothes, clothes sources. 
Right, okay. I've never had to say the plural of consoles, but it's quite a difficult one. Anyway, we've managed to get through it. So some of them are like that, but then some of them, the one I got, takes up no more no more room than a coat stand, it said. thought, oh, that's not much, is it? So I got it. And yeah, honestly, I'm over the moon with it. It's like a little, um, <laughs> it's like, it's like a bit like a tripod legs at the bottom. And then it's got a big stick that goes up and like five arms that comes off. You hang your stuff off and then it's got like a bit like how they used to do old fashioned perms that goes round it. You zip it up, you turn it on and air goes through it. Warm air. I got, I got you. Got me with the perm. That was the imagery that got me. I remember seeing that outside garden farm hairdressers. You've got thinking, it. I never get to, I'll get to use one of those someday is what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one day you will. I'll make that happen for you in some way or another. Um, well, I mean, you can come around and use this. Okay, well, with my bald head, I don't think I'd be able to. No, but it'd warm you up if you were cold. Do you get to sit, do, you, do you go into it if you're cold? Do you stick your heat in or, or will that be a health and safety? I could because we've been worried with the prices of electricity going up. I wasn't allowed to turn the heating on until like a week ago. No way. Uh-huh. I've been freezing, but it's all right now. <laughs> what? One of my biggest breaking points, like mentally, when I was, I, I, I literally, we, it was second year uni, uh-huh. we made a rule. And when we moved in the house in the summer, what we'd do is we wouldn't turn the heating on. Mm-hmm. And then it was like a day or two before my birthday, so you're talking like mid-December, we all just like got up in the middle of the night. This is single glazed, yeah. cracky, creaky house. And, uh, yeah, so we all just congregated. There was no text to meet up. We all just went, it's time. We've got to turn the heating on. And we went to turn the heating on. And since we hadn't used it, it no longer worked. Oh. And we didn't have... But we were at breaking point and going, fine, we'll heat the house. And I was like, oh, it doesn't work. What? We live like this. It was fine when it was a choice. <laughs> oh, well, you see, that's the kind of thing that you end up learning as you go because I bet that your pipes were frozen. That's exactly what had happened, yeah. I knew it. I know all this stuff now. What I try to do is keep people around me who know that stuff. Yeah, I think that's what my husband does as well. And that's me. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't know where to begin if I was to find myself single. <laughs> i got to be honest. <laughs> i just enroll in another comedy degree and hope for the best and just yeah. spin the wheel again. <laughs> well, if you ever do, there's a spare room here. You can sleep in the body shop room. <laughs> Yeah, it looks a bit clammy over there. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It I, is. Won't, I won't forcefully put you in the perma. <laughs> so it, it, this episode begins to wrap up. Oh, sorry, I didn't even get the thing I was meant to be getting at. Jesus, Weft. So he's got all of his personalities. Yeah. And he says one of them is a scared little girl that won't talk to you. He'll just run in the corner and hide. Uh-huh. And I'm like, that's very handy when you don't want to answer some psychiatric questions. Yeah. Like, nope, <laughs> Tracy's here now. Bye. <laughs> and also, just generally, if you can't be asked. Yeah, it's filler. It's filler. Mm-hmm. You go. That, that's that's where I go to if I don't need to answer that question. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it it's very well interspliced of all his artwork, and I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes. So I know you've seen the rest of it. I have, but I feel like I've forgotten quite a lot of it. And also, I mean, it gets really dark. <laughs> so, I mean, it's really good, Rick, but it is very dark. Um, Well, I mean, you start to realise that towards the end, don't you? Yeah, yeah, because you see the sister. Because it, it, I think the intrigue is, is he playing? Do you know what I yeah. mean? Is this Is this a hoodwink, which... As it stands, I'm leaning towards, but uh-huh. I want to see. I want to see the hoodwink. Is why uh-huh. I want to keep watching. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, I would feel really bad if it turned out he did have dissociative disorder and all these people's lives have been hurt, and it wasn't actually his uh, to do. But it starts to shape towards um, very serious child abuse. Um, he suffered as a kid, and also. You have Kathy in the church, and it's weird because it's almost like she's talking to the camera, like they're running away from her, and she's like, "No, you have to hear this." Yeah, because she's going, "Billy, 
I have to tell people the truth and the whole truth and everything that I know. Yeah. More people can't get hurt, Billy. Which also, to me, makes me think, Billy's still around and we may have an interview with Reagan, which I'm very much looking forward to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting points. But I mean, that is heartbreaking, isn't it? When Kathy's sort of saying that. And again, like her eyes are so like full and she's so... You just want to give... Well, I just want to give her a cuddle. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And it just like... And obviously like the pa- the panic like really grows in it and... That that lady, the um, Sheila, Sheila in the not spooky corridor. Yep, I know which one you mean. She um, she she literally says, doesn't she, that it's like it starts to like as he starts talking and letting things out, and they find out more about him that it's not the what we what we classically think of as child abuse. It's like gone as far as like actual torture that he's been through, and you're like, fucking hell. Yeah. And then you're immediately thinking, what? Oh, well, I'm sad now. <laughs> Four more hours to go. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of them's longer as well. Something to look forward to. I think this was a good choice. I, I, I'm happy to be cracking on through it. And yeah. uh, as, as we say, these are bonus episodes. So thank you very much for coming on. I say it's like a radio show you get to hang up on, but you're not. <laughs> <laughs> well, so these are bonus shows, so thanks for coming on. Was that t- like telling us to fuck off? No, no, we're wrapping up the episode now. We've done over an hour. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> it's, it's not a dig. Thanks. <laughs> well, it was going well, and he said that's all we've got time for this week, and... <laughs> And then I threw the laptop out the window and I thought, that'll fucking teach him. I've had me one glass of wine. (laughs) I did see the wine in there. I was like, oh, we are going to hear about some air dryers today. (laughs) Well, no, I'm going to tell you about this. Do you want to tell you later about this? No, no, we'll leave it in or cut it out. It's your call. So, um, well, I'll start from the beginning, right? So it's a long one. It's not interesting, but we'll have a go anyway. So, last Christmas... It's okay. We did 11 Madison Park last week. I'm happy with whatever you have to say. (laughs) Um, So, last Christmas, I bought for Stuart a beer advent calendar, right? Now, obviously, you don't drink anymore, but... uh, Fancy. There's always whenever you say that to someone, like it's almost got to have a head bob when you do it. Because if someone if someone goes, oh, I don't drink, you're like, fair enough. And if someone goes, I don't drink anymore, <laughs> <laughs> that that implies some fucked up shit happened at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Had to retire, serious hamstring injury. <laughs> so, so and obviously, I mean, I don't know if you do advent calendars, but they're getting fancier and fancier. Um, and anyway, I wanted to get him one because I thought it'd be a lovely treat and like a little beer a day um, and all around the world. And I'd like really looked into it to see what the best ones was. So I went with Beer 50. Oh, so you made it yourself? Oh, no, I did a shite. The best, oh, right. I read a thing in the Independent which told us which one to buy effectively. I think I went for best value. <laughs> <laughs> it was still 60 or £70 though. I've just got an image of one of those... Um... Do you know that the, the uh, beer de France's you'd get like a 24 little stubbies in for a dinner? Just sharpie on them. One, two. You know I'm more creative than that. Oh, and... last year, KJ, sorry, I, I will let you finish this story. No, last fine. year, our last uh, says, why didn't you finish? you still got chocolate left in your advent calendar. It's like, yeah, I couldn't find 17. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. Sorry, Mrs. Wharton. He doesn't have dyslexia, he's just lazy. <laughs> <laughs> so I went for this beer 52 one and he really enjoyed it. So I ended up getting a subscription because I thought I'll get six months subscription. You get like 10 beers a month. I thought I'll get him six months worth because that takes him up to his birthday and then I'll stop, right? Now, what a palaver I've had with it, right? You cannot... You kind of cancel it. So you go online and honestly, they draw you in by being like, oh, I 
I'm talking to you like I'm your friend. And you know, that either draw it depends what mood I'm in. Depends which one's out. <laughs> which one's at the surface. Um, But that either draws it or pisses us off. But I was drawn in and then, but now livid because... The, like to say like really invest in like small breweries and they do really good but then actually are calling people out their money because you can you can pause for a month or you can change it by monthly but you can't actually cancel it right so i've been trying to ring and they're only open nine to five and obviously i work nine to five monday to friday cheeky and so i've been trying to ring when i can on my lunch break never get through then they sent us through an offer <laughs> for wine 52 <laughs> but you get your first box for free of course you've got to sign back up again <laughs> but I thought well I can't say no to the free box of wine <laughs> so I signed up livid thought I'm going to get them back on this one so now I'm going to have about £75 going out of us for effectively what probably if I went and bought something really similar would cost us 25 quid. And honestly, I'm pre- really annoyed about it. I mean, there isn't an end to the story. Oh, it was then I'm drinking one of the wines. <laughs> but then it comes back full circle. So is it full circle? I've bought another beer advent calendar for my brother-in-law. Right. A brew. See, I, I've got a way that you could have just done that with the one that you don't want in your house now you could have shipped no way because yours is a subscription that's mm-hmm. how i was mistaken yeah yeah right. yeah yeah and don't get us wrong when we get the beer we drink the beer there's no problem there it's more paying for the beer that's the issue so then i got a um brew dog one for my brother-in-law that came today broken 70 pound broken so but then i was thinking I'm gonna be able. To, I'm gonna be able to afford this and get another one for free, aren't I? Do you think? <laughs> that is a mentality I've grown up with. Do you know my mother's got a pack of Regal that has been there for about ten years, and she's got fourteen Regal cigarettes that haven't the the tobacco has fallen out of. Uh-huh. And when she eventually gets twenty, she'll march back into the uh, the garage she bought buys the fags from and be like look at this i bought this and pointed all the cigarettes of all the tobacco hanging out <laughs> <laughs> that's like a 20 year payoff for a free pack of tabs <laughs> well good for her i've got respect for that but i've got to say i haven't done this on purpose it's come broken and i'm just looking on the plus side do you know what i mean look for the wins what we'll do is we'll edit this bit and then put it on the Brewdog sites and be like, we are taking Brewdog down. <laughs> hey, Brewdog didn't do the one I'm livid about. That was beer 52. Brewdog Seymour, right? Well, I mean, they're not the bastards, aren't they? Anyway, sorry, do you want to wrap this up? No, no, no. I was just thinking just how easy it is to go and do a podcast with you where I just let you talk, Emma. <laughs> <Sorry, sorry. laughs> that, it, it's got to be remarkably easy. <laughs> Whereas where too like ADHD people going, all right, and then they're in a corridor. <laughs> <laughs> I literally do have a list of like all the spooky places and then what? saying lots of chairs. Is this to represent personalities? <laughs> and then I've just written actually several times. What does it mean? Sheila, she's a two-chair friend if ever I've fucking seen one. <laughs> and I was like trying to work out, I'm going to keep trying to work it out because I thought, because I haven't used all the pages. You know, I was saying I've like done like like a page for each person and I haven't filled it all in. But I thought I'm going to keep them on that page and then like write the next notes underneath and like highlight them for each one. A little bit of organisation, but also to keep us fresh on what they've said in the past. <laughs> you know what somebody yeah. at work said to me the other day talk quietly <laughs> why, why are you yelling <laughs> actually our office is very, believe it or not I'm very quiet um, so she said you know I think we should just stop 
ordering the packs of just yellow highlighters. And I was like, there's a reason why the pack of multicolored highlights are next to me. And it's because I really just like colouring things in sometimes to make myself feel happy. Like, buy yourself some multi some non-multicoloured ones, but let me have a bit of joy. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I told I you about the green pen thing, didn't I? Uh, was this within the, uh, the pen store? No. So I always write in green pen. Oh, yes, you did. Yes, oh, yeah. did. Hit, hit, hit me up again, though. I do like hearing it. So I always write in green pen, and I have for a long time, like, at work, because I feel like it's less shouty. So you've got yeah. a list, and it just seems calmer. It seems like it's not having a go. I really don't like blue pen. Like, really Wait, don't. I write all my cards in black pen, you know. Classy. But I like to write my notes in green pen. And then my friend Chloe was over and she used to be a teacher and she was saying that they had different colours of pen. And then, like, the green was for, like, a positive, like, affirmation and reinforcing and whatever. And um, so I realised that that was obviously in my psyche somewhere and I'm just writing myself. Yeah, because a green tick or a red X. So yeah. everything you're saying is right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or just, like, I believe in you from yourself. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't matter what the words say. You're trying your best. <laughs> you can do it. You can do it. <laughs> right. So I've really enjoyed doing this podcast with you, Rick. <laughs> That's very nice. But why? <laughs> the line was. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll say what I like. Um, uh, I have enjoyed doing it. Have you? Yeah, I think it's going to be a good one. Uh, this is a this is a welcome change of just having some misery, and it, I think it's got stuff worth talking about in this. Definitely, we've been, we've been kind of scattered, which was I got to be honest, I expected it. I don't know about you, but I thought it was very measured. All right, <laughs> let's see how it goes. See which personality we will get next time. So this was episode one of four. So we're going to do the other ones. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Right. <laughs> And if you look forward to these episodes recorded with Tinks, you can get all four immediately on the Patreon or wait until myself and Matt fuck up with recording the rest. These will filter out eventually, but to get instant access to all four, if you can check out the Patreon feed there. All right, Tinks, thank you very much for coming on. It's been a pleasure, Rick. All right, I'll see you soon. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Oh, oh, oh.